but it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat in the house. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let's do this thing because we're having way too much fun here, and none of it can I use in the after show. None of it can be, none of it can be used. We could, we could do the UCAP after dark thing, but even that would be yeah, pretty no, lame. Yeah, no, no, no. We're over At this level, too. that would be pretty lame, yeah, and we're, we're not going to the next level. So yeah. <laughs> I would say we need, we need to raise the rate on Patreon for yeah, that Yeah, really. That line is behind us. Um, um, yeah, okay. So, ready, uh, ready for my close-up, Mr. DeVille? Here we go. Here we go. And therein, therein may lie the answer to the question <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, all right all right all right focus 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 uh, oh, here, why so why, why see, focus now when we can that's so do what much, we've always done that's more, so much more interesting and and uh, and uh, uh you know whatever than what i was about to say at this point which <laughs> which was which was baby it's cold outside well, how about this we could do game of thrones winter is coming uh so what is this winter of which you speak? Yeah, okay. So there's a FAA or is or MB somebody uh, FAA or NTSB or someone put out a list of airports where it gets so cold that David, you put this on the list, I think that where it gets so cold that you have to make and no kidding around, you have to make adjustments to like I don't know what your altimeter setting or something yes. like that yes. um, to make sure that you properly avoid uh, obstacles. Right? Am I right about that? That's yeah. correct. That's correct. correct. And uh, yeah. cold temperature altitude corrections to ensure the required obstacle clearance is maintained. Yeah. When you're flying in, the, in 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 and out of those airports. Yeah, I mean, I, and 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 probably not even beginning to be apropos of this subject. I, yesterday, I was traveling home from a job. Um, I went from what it was a it was a weather uh, a weather I don't know what it was a, it was it was a real mind um, a cognitive dissonance. I don't know. That's not the right word. So I started the day yesterday morning in Arizona, uh, where it was 70 when I left in the morning and it was getting to 85 and 90 every day. So I started the day in Arizona. Um, I ended the day in Manchester, New Hampshire, well, in Dover, New Hampshire, where it was like, um, like 37 degrees. All right. I changed planes in Chicago where at the time it was 22 degrees on the jetway. There was a light. Twitter, I tweeted a picture. Oh, having a heat wave. Yeah, I tweeted a picture. Um, they were having a snowstorm. It actually cost me two hours and delays to get home. This was yesterday? Yeah. This is yeah. when the, the, the American Eagle lost one. Um, yeah. It slid on, off the runway. That's on the list down below. Down okay. below. Yeah, we can talk about that. I, but, I, yeah. I sent that to my, uh, my, my airline pilot, but he just upgraded to Big American and just got typed in the, in the bus and has been flying a line on the bus really? for a few days for, for a couple of weeks. Okay, yeah. And but anyway, just so te- just texted, just sent him the, the link. Said, "Not your monkey, not your circus," you know, because <laughs> <laughs> he was based there for a while. Yeah, I know he was. Uh, so, anyways, uh, back to this thing, uh, NTSB's thing about. Uh, so, I'm looking at the list. I'm looking at the list, yeah. uh, and um, I, the, yeah, the list is obviously defective. All right. You know, so I'm looking for uh, a lot of more Alaska. Uh, no, no surprise. All right, um, I saw Kansas, I saw New Hampshire, but the list is obviously defective because there's no Florida. What the huh. heck? <laughs> there's no Georgia either. <laughs> Probably um, not. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, and so uh, I'm trying to figure out what the list means here. So, re- remember, I'm reading. I'm poking around the NBA side. I'm kind of refreshing my memory because I, I pretty much knew all of this. 
But um, not all airports in all states, even if they're cold states, are, are affected. It, it, uh, um, this, is, this is from the 2014 notification. The FAA has compiled a list of 272 cold temperature restricted airports in 30 states mm-hmm. that need altitude corrections to ensure the required obstacle clearance. Um, right. That I'm not sure. Like I'm not sure that it's it's like temperature res- alone that is making this decision. I think it's a matter of uh, which airport uh, okay. is in that cold weather. I, and yeah. I'm not sure what the what the what the criteria are. I, I I agree. And David, I don't know. Do you know what 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 is the additional criteria? Because I I sort of observed the same thing. Is that uh, I was looking, for example, in Massachusetts. There's only two airports listed. They're out in central Massachusetts. Um, they're not a, they're not totally flatland, but they're not like you know near any dramatic terrain that I can see uh, that I'm aware of. Um, on the other hand, in California, a relatively short list. One of them being Truckee, California, which is kind of sort of near Reno. It's sort of up the hills a little bit from Reno. Um, and Truckee, I can imagine needing special because Truckee is in a valley that's surrounded by some pretty close mountains. Um, so. Uh, I don't know, David. Do you know what is it? What there's must as Deb Jeb suggests. There must be more to this than just temperature. There is more to this than temperature, and, and terrain is, is is the second element. Yeah, that that comes into play. Now, if you look on the list, the, the alphabetical list they've got by state, and look in Illinois, you won't see O'Hare. And you say, oh, okay, well that's that's a flat part of the country. O'Hare's terrain challenges are all buildings over next to the lake shore, mm-hmm. and the buildings are far enough away that they don't come into play on the instrument approaches going into O'Hare. Now, jump to Ohio and Burke Lakefront, which is also, as the name implies, right on, right on a lake, and that's Cleveland. It's got a downtown that's heavily built up with tall buildings, and they're right in the vicinity of the airport. So Burke Lakefront's on the list. Chicago O'Hare is not. And both of them are known for getting some pretty okay. frigid but temperatures. Chicago okay. Midway is, at least it was on the 2014 list, Okay, according to, the, to this NBA notice. Um, for example, at Chicago Midway International Airport, pilots must correct the intermediate segment altitudes on all approaches to runway 22 left and 22 right. No correction is needed when runway 22 left and 22 right are not the active runway. You know what it is. So it's more than just terrain, it's also obstacles. Exactly. It's and, like and, towers and that airport's and buildings not, and yeah. oh, sorry. That airport's not on the list today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was just looking. Where's Illinois here? Uh, uh, AI, uh, not, there's no Illinois. Wait a minute. Yeah, there's no Illinois on the list that I'm No Illinois on the list. Yeah. So. Uh, um, what is the David? What's the in this list that I'm looking at? The third column lists a temperature that is crazy low. Uh, so I I can't imagine that the, is that the temperature below which you have to care about this because boy yes it, yes uh, well see the, uh, the last ones they can be low but we've got like Colorado's now, or minus now, eighteen now, that's now, pretty freaking cold now re- now now remember when you're looking at these temperatures in that in that middle column yeah those are centigrade I get it. Okay. I get it. I, I I I visit Canada. I can do this translation. Yeah. Uh, no. I just roughly close. When I first looked at it, it said minus thirty two C. What? Oh wait, that's centigrade. That's a lot warmer than it sounds 
in Fahrenheit. Well, right. not a whole lot warmer because right. minus 40 centigrade minus and minus 40. 40 Fahrenheit are the same. Darn, I was going to say that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> I, know. I, I was not going to say that because I knew it. <laughs> That's the Never mind. I knew you knew it. Never mind. So uh, Florida is not on the list. You're saying Georgia is not on the list. Let's see here. Georgia, Georgia. Uh, H, where does G, where does G come in the old alphabet here? H, I. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, F, G, C, C, H, I. Uh, no, no Gs. It's after uh, F and F. I know, right. No, uh, I'm, I'm guessing there's no Alabama. Let's see, no Alabama. I'm trying to find the southernmost state is what I'm doing here. Um, Mississippi, uh, no Mississippi. What's Looks above like Georgia? Uh, Indiana. Uh, the Carolinas. North, North Carolina. Huh. Uh, Ohio. And yeah, I would bet North, that the North ones Car- in North South- Carolina are all in the western part of the state. Tennessee and Virginia. How about South Carolina? I don't see South no. Carolina on this list. Okay. Yeah, Western Carolina but Regional I, and North, North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, Western Carolina Regional. So it's up in the hills there. Um, all right. So, yeah, hey. it's cold. It's getting yeah, cold. Some in Tennessee. So... Is this has this list always been published, no. or is this a climate change thing? No, it's been around for years. Yeah, yeah it's been around for years, but it hasn't been that. It hasn't been charted. Um, you'll see on affected airports, you'll see a snowflake symbol on Which, on, a, on approach procedures, terminal procedures. Yeah, that denotes that it's a cold weather uh, airport. Oh, that's what that means. I thought. Oh, never mind. I'm stopped. Never mind. What you thought it was an asterisk? No. <laughs> Snowflake has taken on a new meaning in our day and age. As far as criterium, uh, boy, I'd leave it to you to wade through all the verbiage that comes before the list. It really is a lot, isn't it? It's like eight pages before you get to the list here. uh, August 15 uh, notices to airmen uh, publication on cold temperature airports is rather lengthy. Yeah. Now, who wrote this document? It's public. The one I'm looking at is on the MBAA. It's an FAA site. document. It's an FAA document. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, and it's and it's an yeah. ICAO standard. Yeah. So. Okay. There's a really pretty chart down low below the list. Where'd it go? I mean, it's just it's just an approach plate, but it's it's a color approach plate, which I've always liked. I've always thought the color approach plates were. Is there yeah. a difference? You know what I'm so, talking about, right? Are you uh, so? No. If you scroll on the one I'm looking at. Um, if you scroll down below the list, they have for, I'm sure as an example, um, included the RNAV GPS Runway 28 approach plate for Hayden, California, Colorado, excuse me, Hayden, Colorado. Um, and uh, it's one of these approach plates where the terrain in the map portion of the plate is colorized for, mm-hmm. for, for uh, the contour lines. Um, and I've always thought they look nice. I like the look, you know. They're not all colorized like that, are they? No. Uh, JEPs are. Is that days. what it is? Is this a JEP chart or is this a, a FAA chart? Let me see here. It appears to be an FAA no, chart. It look, looks like the JEPs to me. If you, it's in this um, PDF in the, in the NBA website? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, those are uh, yeah, those are FAA charts. They're not JEPison charts. Yeah, it doesn't look like a JEP chart. It, and it doesn't say JEP on it that I can see anywhere. No, it doesn't say it. Yeah. So, anyways. Oh, there's another one. Huh. Is there another one down there? Oh, yeah. There's Medford, one. Oregon. Yeah. Uh, the prior one was for uh, 
Hayden, Colorado. There's a third one. Here we go. Medford. Oh, wait, another one for Medford, Oregon? Yeah, two for Medford, Oregon. For, second one for Medford, Oregon. Ooh, lots of pretty pictures. So, yeah, look at this thing for the pictures. Forget the list. I don't know. <laughs> and Ames, Ames, Iowa. Huh. Ames, Iowa. Yeah, see? Flatland, man. Oh, it's man. Like... I was, I, there was a guy on DC Pilots list this week. Um, yeah. Looking for a ferry pilot. Um, and um, the airplane he wanted to ferry to D.C. was in Ames, Iowa. And I've got a commercial and I can do all this. And I was like, yeah, yeah road trip, you know. And then I looked at the current weather yeah. <laughs> in Fukin, yeah. Iowa, man. I'm like... Yeah, I'm gonna have to let this one go. Um, yeah. This is like I, I said. Yeah, it, Chicago was an adventure yesterday. Oh yeah, and, uh, and there was a strip of of weather that just kind of like went, uh, you know, southwest to northeast across the Midwest ish. It's a lot of yeah. Lot we, of we, it, it dipped all yeah. the way down here. Yeah, did it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. and it and it's and and it's kind of snowing here up here at, in Dover. I, I actually saw snow in the air for the first time. Ooh, we're getting to the weather talk early today. Um, I actually saw weather uh, snow in the air for the first time this season um, earlier today. It was just kind of it didn't mount anything. But yeah, you were in the air, or the snow was in the air. No, no, the snow is in the okay. air. Okay. The snow is in the air. Yeah, we Gosh. we had a we had a about a four hour, four and a half hour. Uh, injection of snow yesterday that delivered what I would have to call a, a light dusting when all was said and done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, and the ground was already cold enough that nothing was melting when it touched. Mm-hmm. So it, it just blew around. And today, the only place you can find it is in the shadow. Uh, and it still hadn't gotten to freezing here. So I honestly it, don't know how you guys do it anymore. I'm not sure myself, to be honest with you. Um, I saw Twitter this morning. I was uh, um, at breakfast. I was kind of looking at my phone, and I came across this tweet from a, a pilot. Um, I get the feeling he's a commercial pilot of some sort, perhaps an airline pilot. Um, so serious pro pilot. I, I know the tweet you're talking about. Yes, who talked yes. about um, seeing somebody prepping his Cessna? Is this the one or that kind yes, of an airplane? Yes, yes, um, yes. In a snowstorm with three passengers standing by. All right. And he's watching this guy do this and just shaking his head. And he finally went over to him and said, you know, said, listen, pal, you know, just kind of like nothing personal, just pilot to pilot. But don't go. Don't go. And and the guy said, no, no, I'm going. I'm going. It'll be all right. I'm going. All right. And uh, and this started a conversation in, in Twitter about, you know, so what are you going to do? You know, but, uh, you know, and, and, and this the pilot who posted this stuff tried to be very discreet and tried to not, you know, he didn't, he wouldn't reveal, at least last time I looked, he wouldn't reveal the uh, name or the end number. He actually recorded the end number and took some pictures, um, but he didn't want to jam up the, the pilot, who he later found out apparently made it to his destination, um, according to the the thread. There was a lot of talk about what you do in that kind of a situation. If you see a, a fellow pilot who you don't know, who's a stranger, doing something reckless, do you intervene? Define intervene. I don't know. I mean, in this situation, you see a guy, uh, uh, you know, I don't know how you would have stopped this guy from doing this flight that he wanted to do, um, but would you have revealed his, you know, I mean, so what I suggested in Twitter was, I said, you know, first of all, I said, I I respect, I kind of admire that you're not going to try and jam this guy up, but on the other hand, maybe he needs to be jammed up because he's making poor choices, it seems, maybe, right? Yeah, I, I saw your tweet. 
and but would you like then let the NTSB know or the or define the, define jam up? <laughs> well, I don't know exactly. I mean, if he, if he had if he had published his N number on Twitter, that would have done what a good job. What value would that have? It might have shocked this. I don't know. You're right. I mean, you're right. I, I get it. It's a tricky thing, and I don't know how to do it. But you know, well, this guy keeps getting away with this. Somebody else on that tweet stream pointed out that it's uh, you know the guy made it, but now he thinks he can do this kind of thing, and he's just kind of set up to do it again. Well, what what did he do exactly? Yeah. He 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 um he was uh, well. I mean, I guess the most practical thing that the the well, observing let's, pilot. Let's, let's, let's go find the tweet. Okay, you find the tweet, and I'm just going to say that he did point out that, because we don't know whether this pilot is instrument rated and what his experience is, and we don't know that for sure. What we do know for a fact is that he was preparing an airplane that was not um, um, equipped for flight into icing, and he was about to fly into icing conditions. It was known icing? It was snowing. Well, that's not icing. That's not icing. That's yeah, not but, icing, but it is. But it's I. All right. No, it's no, not. No, I've flown through. I've flown through snow a, a number of times. Never got a fleck of ice on the airplane. Jeb, find the thing because the guy I'm, talked I'm, about this. I'm trying. I'm trying. And and I maybe he knowed knew more about the circumstance conditions around the area um, because he, that was his big practical point. You, know, point you that, you responded to it, so maybe you should find it because I don't yeah. see it in your timeline. Yeah. Right. Let me see if I can do this. All right. Okay. Here we go. Annie and I flew the Cherokee home from Spirit of St. Louis after visiting some of her family for a a celebration of a young man turning uh, 13, I think it was. And uh, we had freezing rain the night before, and the uh, FBO was nice enough to pull my little little airplane in, a hangar with big airplanes, and let radiation heat radiated heat and do the de-icing job and then we got it all dried off and made sure there was no water in the flaps and all this stuff and they parked heaters next to it while we had lunch and so it was all dried out and ready to go when they opened the hangar doors it had started to snow and there was about oh i don't know a quarter of an inch on the ramp but it wasn't sticking in that piling up it was piling up where the wind pushed it we pulled the airplane out, let it sit there and get nice and cold, fired it up and, and flew off, and we didn't get a bit of ice. It mm-hmm. didn't stick. The snow didn't stick. Uh, I did turn the strobes off after it got dark because the strobes were lighting up the snow. It's something fierce. But that's not icing. Okay. Um, here's the tweet. It's actually a series of three tweets. Um Okay. And I'm not going to name the. I'm not going to read the name of, the, but the the Twitter handle of the person posting this is uh, Twitter, Capt Roger Victor, as in Captain Roger yeah, Victor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, just watched a guy prepping a Cessna at night in a snowstorm up in Wisconsin. He had three passengers, and then in parentheses he says friends with him, actively snowing hard. It was adhering to the. Well, this is interesting. He says it was adhering to the jet. I don't know what that means exactly. He says, I walked up to him and said, friend to friend and pilot to pilot, don't go. Then in the next tweet, he continues and says, uh, uh, he quotes the other guy saying, no, he said to me. uh, And then, nah, I replied, imagine something happens and you need to justify to the FAA. You're departing in, this this is apparently... 
Captain Roger Victor speaking to this pilot. Imagine something happening to you just to the FAA. You are departing in a non-icing equipped airplane into icing conditions, IFR, at night. Friend to friend, don't go. Um, and then he continues that, that the he, this other pilot, loaded up and left snow all over his plane. And finally he writes, I hope he made it safely. Don't be foolish. Weather delays are part of the game. Don't let get their itis get the better of you. He he left with snow on the plane. That's what it says here. That's what he now deserves. that deserves a slap down. Yeah, that yeah. that deserves a slap down. But but um, and I don't know whether Captain Roger Victor is a uh, professional pilot. I don't know whether this was a, a, a misspeaking. He he because he described the snow on the jet, but uh, or he may have been talking about his own airplane that. That was on the ring. I don't yeah, know exactly. I, I'm, I'm familiar with this account. Uh, it's, it's actually a satire account. Um, a guy who is a apparently a bona fide uh, airline pilot. Okay. Has a has a puppet he takes around. I think I've seen this. Yeah. Okay. And, He's got and, some. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like uh, a lawn gnome or something, but. Um, he, he's speaking for the um, the puppet. Okay. Yeah. Most yeah. of the time. But he was writing this tweet in um, as a human, as a, right. as a in real life, right? Uh, as opposed to the puppet's life. Um, yeah, if, if yeah, it's it's a little confusing to me. Cessna doesn't tell me a whole lot, and certainly there are Cessna jets. So I don't know what kind of mm, of uh, okay. airplane we're talking about here, and don't know that it's as this guy says a non-icing, uh, a non, uh, um, non-icing airplane. Uh, so there's a disconnect there, and, and I, I get the, 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 the difference. Now, snow adhering or snow on the aircraft, that's a whole other uh, situation. Um, and if that is, in fact, the case, then someone does need to, to uh, get this guy's attention. Flying in, flying in snow in and of itself is not dangerous. It's just precipitation and doesn't adhere to the airplane. Okay. It's it's more of a visual uh, uh, hindrance uh, than it is a um, uh, an operating. Uh, it's more of a meteorological, you know, weather related uh, uh, v- visibility thing as opposed to a ceiling uh, thing. Um, as long as it's cold enough, it's not going to impact your operations. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what's going on here though. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll, uh, the icing thing, I totally to, yield to you guys. You yeah, obviously to, to know answer your question that. though, would I, I? Yeah. Would I talk to the guy? Sure. And it sounds like that's exactly what this tweeter did. Would I interfere with him or drop a dime on him or yada yada yada? Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. 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 At some point, you have to say. Welcome, folks. Uh, thank you. That's what I was just trying to figure out how to. I was just trying to figure out how to say because we we got real serious there, didn't we? Whoa! Uh, welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. What would you do without me? I don't know. But I, you're willing I, to. I, but you're willing to find out. Yeah, really. No, <laughs> this, this podcast is on a ten minute delay. I know. Yeah. Well, sometimes it should be. Sometimes it's a good thing it's on a forty eight hour delay. But uh, a story for another day. 
Uh, hi, I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm coming to you from uh, the banks of the uh, ever-industrious Cochico River here in Dover, New Hampshire. Uh, where is it still is... flowing? Is it, it's not frozen over? No, it's not that quite that cold yet. Um, it does freeze. It doesn't flow that fast. I mean, it's because wh- where the river passes near my home, um, it's techni- I suppose technically speaking, it's a mill pond because it's backed up from a dam that used to be uh, drive a mill here in the middle of Dover. So, uh, so the water doesn't move very quickly down this section of the river is my point um so it does freeze um i don't know if it freezes hard enough to walk on it i wouldn't walk on it i don't know that i've ever seen anybody walking on it but it does freeze um i'd, I'd stand by with my cell phone yeah okay thanks <laughs> yeah walk out just a little bit further a little bit further a li- yeah, little bit further i almost got it almost got it uh, uh and i'm here today talking with uh i guess they're my good friends they're giving me a hard time today but some but not always unfairly uh let me see now. What order should I do this, Jeb? I might never no, since you no, said that I, to I, me. I, I, I know nothing. <laughs> Coming from the also chilly and occasionally snowy uh, Wichita, Kansas, is uh, is my good friend Dave Higdon. Hi, David. What's going on? Well, it's a bright and sunny and colder than a well digger's shovel day here in Wichita. <laughs> Thank you so much, David. There were so many, so many uh, clever cold statements you could have used. That was a good one. Colder than a well. What'd you say? A well, well digger's shovel. A well digger's <laughs> shovel. Okay, okay, that's got real potential for a title. All yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So, did it snow there the other day? Yesterday, uh, we had a dusting. It took four hours for it to coat everything. Uh, the uh, weather people were calling it flurries. Uh, it was in the teens, and the wind was really howling out of the northwest. So, uh, it basically wound up somewhere in uh, eastern Oklahoma before mm-hmm. before the snow actually stopped. Uh, sun didn't come out today. It was about 12 overnight here. Uh, I don't think I don't think we're still below freezing right now, but it's headed back below that tonight. But it's a bright, sunshiny day. Song title. Um, so, yeah, it's supposed to get down to the forecast is to go to four, 14 degrees, plus 14, but 14 degrees Fahrenheit um, here uh, by morning tomorrow. So it's going to be chilly, um, and, uh, and it may yeah, well, snow we've been then. We've been layered up for a while in anticipation that yeah. this day would arrive. Yeah. I guess it's just a little earlier than usual, but okay. Um, Middle of November? No, I, I'm not. I'm, for me, the, the rule of thumb has always been first week in December, and that's not true anymore. Speaking of uh, cold and overcast, uh, my good friend from, I don't know what that means exactly. Um, I, thought, <laughs> I thought if I said it out loud, it would actually kind of make some sense, but, but no. It's from uh, the, somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, is Jeb Burnside. Hi, Jeb. You still there? I'm, st- I'm still here. I'm, okay. just, I'm just making a list. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That's just, only... You know. Yeah. I, yeah. Two can record these things. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. What's going on down there? It's beautiful down there. It's a beautiful there. day in the neighborhood. I know. I heard. Um, um, so, yeah. Another song title. Uh, yeah, it's it's very, very nice. You sent us you, you sent us a picture the other day. You texted the two of us yes, a, a photo yes, of your yes. uh, out, out your back door across your pool, and you were crowing about how it's 82 degrees, and you thought it was really awesome. And at the time, I was sitting in Phoenix, Arizona, yeah, and yeah, I tweeted smart. back. <laughs> I said, oh, it's going to be 88 where I am. Uh and, Which is too uh, hot. It, well, I'll tell you, man, the sun in Arizona, even in November, the sun is hot, all right? 
um, this uh, this uh, facility, this resort, I guess, I mean, literally it's a resort that we were doing a show at, um, has a lot of outdoor parts to it because in Arizona, it practically never rains, so you can do outdoor stuff. And uh, they were these outdoor wa- stairways... They, I don't know what they were thinking to do this in Phoenix, Arizona, but the stairways all had this, these sort of brass railings, all right? And uh, I'm told that in the summertime, they literally tell people, don't touch the railing, yeah. all right? Um, because, and one afternoon when it was like, you know, uh, high 80s persistently, I, act, yeah, I meant to grab one of them, and, and you could, boy, it was hot just in November. Can you imagine what it's like in August? I've heard stories about, you know, it's like a seatbelt. When you get into your car, your, yeah. the seatbelt buckle will, will literally burn you. And uh, But not in Florida. It's nice. This is the time of year, though. This is Now you're starting to get into the Florida weather, mm-hmm. right? Or I guess you guys like it all year round. But uh, Well, it has, you know. What it doesn't have you around is snow and ice is, is, is kind of the only real point that I want to make here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Th- thanks for tuning in, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. D- don't forget next month for another yeah, right. fun episode of the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast. I know, right. Um, so uh, what's going on? Um, can I tell people I saw that you went flying today? You may. How did you what? know this? I didn't file a flight plan. I, I'm telling you, you man. You've um, got a... You've got a ADSB is the end of privacy. All right. Uh, We're going to talk about that later in the episode, maybe, assuming we don't just babble like this for the entire hour and a half. Um, What'd you do? I was was going to save this for a shout out. Um, Oh. But we can do those now, I guess. Um, I just just hadn't flown in a few days or a few weeks or however long you want to make it. Right. And uh, the weather's just really phenomenal here uh supposed to get frontal passage uh tonight tomorrow it'll be a little bit colder and a little bit windier but i need to go get some gas in the airplane and and just kind of you know get some air under its wing so went over you know it's a really short hop over to arcadia florida yeah um i was just (laughs) it's funny i just had the the uh, fuel receipt in front of me a lot of people are going to like disconnect uh uh, from this but uh um i put 72.5 gallons in the airplane yeah. Okay. Um, three dollars and fifty nine cents a gallon. Whoa! That's, wow, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. And th- this is um, um, nice little public airport. Um, obviously, self serve gas, uh, but it's Tacos Tuesday. Ooh! It's a, a double win there. They, right? have a, they had a taco truck just sitting right beside the ramp, and. Um, uh, I didn't. I was a little bit early for me, uh, so I didn't in, in, indulge in, in lunch or anything. But uh, uh, they've got a nice little uh, uh, thing going on over at Arcadia. Uh, tacos and three dollar gas. Tacos and, and well, three fifty nine. Let's three, be three and a half dollar gas. All right. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, but, um, and that's so Arcadia. Arcadia X Ray Zero Six you on Tuesday. Into, you want to get into zeros and identifiers again? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm but, sorry. I'm gonna try. I've been. I. You know. I was making the list and all stuff. Yeah. But uh, um, three fifty nine. I think you know premium is not much. Uh, is is not that much less around here. Um, premium unleaded for uh, for your car. But uh, so that's that was pretty good. So just went over there and, and uh, hung out for a little while and uh, uh, flew back via. Um, Wachula, let the airplane um, 
do a uh, do an approach, couple approach into Wachula, and then flew myself back here, and here I am. Hello, not hearing me. Are you hearing me now? I I am now. Yeah, something weird's going on. Because I was I was talking and you weren't and you weren't. You weren't I, I wasn't. I wasn't yeah. listening. Yeah. No, Dave, no, no. Dave, uh, say something. Something. Okay. okay. All right. All right. We're still good. Uh, well, that's cool. So good. You went flying. That was. Uh, yeah. it, it's, uh, uh, looks like it was a nice day to do it. Yeah. I get I get back and I'm just hooking up the the tow thing I have. Yeah. And UPS comes whipping down the driveway. I'm like, time out. <laughs> slow down. Slow down. Yeah. There's an airplane in the way. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, let's see now. What were we, what were we going to talk about here? I've lost my place here. Uh, oh, there's a list. Yeah, I know, huh? And I've completely lost the... Te- the uh, all right, I'm going to have to find it all. Over. Hang on. Yeah. Gats jar. Gats Uncontrolled. Jar. <laughs> yes, so I took it as a, a homework assignment uh, from the last episode, I believe it was. We were talking about the Gats jar and that little fine metal screen uh-huh. that's in it. And, and I was commenting about how an instructor had told me that that screen won't pass water. Um, and, uh, and, and you were dubious, and so I said I'd look it up. And uh, I don't know whether this is a good source, but this is the source I found. Aircraft Spruce's catalog entry for this particular Gats jar uh, includes the passage, the jar uses a special separator screen that, when coated with avgas, forms a barrier to water and debris, mm-hmm. yet allows the passage of avgas. So that's all I know. And that's consistent with what my instructor told me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a matter of surface tension. Yeah. With the water. And yeah. It, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Co- cohesion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I always figured it was a surface, surface, uh, surface uh, tension thing. And, uh, but yeah. So apparently I still don't trust it. I still am saying if there was water in the, in the, in the jar, I would not pour any of it back into my airplane. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. All right. I'm just like, that's my thing. And uh, uh, the, I've got a couple of friends that use this. I've, I've used them a couple of times. Uh, and that was always a proviso. You got to get app gas on the screen for that impenetrability to to function. Uh, so if you get nothing but water out of it at first, it's, first it's going to be difficult to tell that it's this, this that is, there's nothing but water in it because we're used to seeing it separated. But uh, that you would not want to pour back in, and you can tell that just by pouring it in your hand. Mm-hmm. But you get gas on it though, and the, the uh, water's not going to go through. Right. Uh, the molecules are larger and heavier and won't penetrate the screen because of the cohesion between the avgas and the screen, closing up what passage space there was available at the start. Right. It just won't go. Yeah. So there's another avenue, though, that lets the avgas out, but not water. Mm-hmm. It, it's very yeah. clever. But in reading up on this earlier today, I uh, didn't realize that the uh, Gats jar has gone through some product changes, none of which seem to make the new owners happy with their new product. Well, it's interesting you mention that. Um, My Gats jar that I've had, I don't know, 10 years maybe, uh, was starting to to look a little ragged. And um, I bought another one. Uh, actually, at Oshkosh, I uh, had it shipped to the house, um, and I, I, 
I, today I used my old one, even though it was looking kind of ragged. The, the new one I received was smaller. Now, they have two different sizes. The one, my old one is a large size, 16-ounce, uh, looking at the Spruce website. The one I ordered is a 12-ounce. They're both the same price according to my clickage. Um, so I was, the, the only thing I, I really noticed about it was, uh, well, two things. The, the jar part, as opposed to the lid part, um, seems to be made of thinner material, lighter weight, thinner material. That mm-hmm. could be a bad thing. That could be a good thing. I don't know. The uh, cap, the lid, um, mine came, of course, with uh, uh, basically inverted from the way I need to use it. Um, where I've got the where I've I need to use the style with the rod that sticks up, so I can I can trigger I can push right. up into um, the um, uh, the drains. Um, so I unscrewed it, turned it over, put it back together, and mine <clears throat> won't go back together with its gasket with its O ring installed. For really? some there's there's a um, a. Uh, 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 I forget what the word uh, um, interference uh, between the uh, gasket and the, the that portion of the lid where it mates with the with the jar. So how did it go together in the first place? It was it went together with uh, again inverted because you have to pull it apart and invert it for my style of of sump drain. Okay. Um, with the it's got the rod that sticks up when you poke it into the drain. To trigger the drain. Now, I guess on some of my drains, I well, no, uh, only on my main drain, my uh, the sump that that drains the fuel selector. Could I use the other style? Uh, all of my other drains, you have to have the rod that, that pr- protrudes up and and uh, sticks into the valve. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't tried it. Is the punchline to see if it leaks or doesn't leak? For, for that matter, my old one leaks. So you know, w- right, whatever. I've been digging out my, uh, you know, all my old aviation gear lately, and uh, and came across uh, a an old. So I used to have. Not, I don't think it's technically speaking a Gats jar, but it's a, it's sort of like a, a largish test tube yes, shaped thing. Yes, all right, yes. um, and it's got the little uh, little probe, you know, or whatever pin in the top for just as you say, um, opening the valve. And then I, it also has a screwdriver on the bottom, which right. I don't know. I've seemed useful. I don't, you know. I guess it, you know for opening the cowling and whatnot. I guess. Yeah, they uh, usually came with a bracket so you could yeah. snap it in the uh, luggage yeah. compartment door. So yeah. I had a small one. Then the Gats jar we're talking about here from the listing um, is 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 larger. All right. And then of course for the airplanes that I'm flying right now, I need a Gats jar that has like a capacity of a gallon to get through <laughs> my f- fifteen sampling points in the, on the airplane. Um, that's not true, but. Uh, uh, there's well, a lot of sampling a, If it's, if it's a late point. model Cessna, there's at least 11. No, there's 15. I'm not joking. No, it's not an yeah, exaggeration. Okay. There's fif- 15 sample points um, on the se- on the 172S. Is that loggable um, time? <laughs> I know. Don't you wish? Uh, and uh, But I, I rent it wet, so I'm not paying for the gas. So that's all right. Uh, I don't know what that means. Um, now completely lost. Oh, the Gats jar with the wa- filter thing. So, yes, it does block the water and... Uh, um, that's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's next here? Let's see now. Oh, I know what I'm at. So, so um, I, I sent you a link to this tweet, all right? So this is a story about a guy who apparently, if I'm reading this correctly, 
found a big honking wooden crate, and it turned out that it contained a not-yet-fully-assembled World War II-era Jeep. All right? Are you looking at this picture? All right, that's kind of cool. Yeah, would, I'm looking you, at the picture right now. Wouldn't that be cool? If I, that's got to be worth some money, I'll tell you. Oh, you know, because oh. you know, it looks like it's not corroded or anything. It's like, uh, I mean, uh, so... That's cool. Uh, but what this made me, th- this, so the aviation connection here is that this made me think about a story that we talked about a long time ago mm-hmm. that someone asked me about recently, and, um, and that is the Burmese Spitfires. Do you remember this story? Yeah. Was it Burma? I think it was Burma. I'm pretty sure it was Burma. I'm not 100% sure it was Spitfires. But it was, it was um, so there was the, the, the guy who was trying to find a whole bunch of, let's call them Spitfires, that had been buried in the Burmese sand, ground, whatever, all right, at the end of World War II. And he found paperwork that led him to believe that he knew now the location of them. And he wanted to go find them and dig them up, all right? And... Uh, and a listener was asking me recently whether or not we ever followed up on this. Did did the guy find? And my answer to him was, I don't know, but I think we would have heard about it if uh, if somebody had suddenly discovered a cache of of you know twenty odd in the crates World War Two era fighter planes. Well, I'm looking at a story from February of 2013. Okay. It says the hunt for up to 36 planes, which many believed had been buried in Burma at the end of World War II, ends in disappointment. Oh, oh yeah. What is it? Go ahead. Yeah, that, that, that story said 36. Now, here's another one from 2017. Okay. They're looking for 140 buried Spitfires. 140? Oh, well, cool. Yeah, I think, I, I think inflation may have gotten in. Yeah, well, I, I can not find 140 of them just as easily as I can not find 30 of them. So, yeah, there we go. But they're, uh, it, it's been on, it's been off, it's been on, it's been off. It's worse than the old joke about the uh, the knight from the uh, old ages. I don't know she the offered, joke. She offered her honor. Oh, yeah, okay, stop, stop there, stop there. Okay, family podcast. Uh, I know the joke, though. I'm sure a lot of listeners know the joke. There once was a woman from Nantucket. Yeah, no, 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 no. So, see, now I'm completely lost. I had a segue, and now you've blown it out of my mind. Uh, what was it? My work here is done. Yeah, I know, huh? Uh, anyways, so, uh, oh, well, I know what it was. Here's, here's a 2012 story that says they discovered them. Yeah, yeah, this is this story's got more different solutions than and conclusions than. Uh, I was visiting my brother's house recently. He likes to watch these kinds of things on TV. He had a TV a channel on that was showing one of the and I've seen these before the endless documentaries about them searching for the treasure on Oak Island. You know, oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I'm thinking Bur- Burma, Burmese Spitfires kind of falls in the same category of, you know, it's like there are people who are going to devote their and as many other people's as they can find fortunes to, uh, to uh, looking for this thing that probably doesn't exist. I don't know. So, all right. So no reliable news on the, yeah, uh, yeah. the Burmese. Well, I, I think you're not going to find any reliable news on, on the Burmese Spitfires. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, finally, on follow-ups, uh, uh, who posted? So one of you guys posted this thing from FlightAware about ADSB adoption. Uh, David, that was me. Yeah. Uh, so is this different than the data we talked about a few weeks, months back? It's updated um, once a month. And yeah, so it's updated monthly. I mean, it's sneaking up on it now. According to this, we're up to eighty-five percent. Um, 
a compliance. The chart I like to look at is the second one. It's pretty. Like it is lots pretty. Of colored bars. A lot of pretty colored bars and trend lines. With and without and total. So the two blues, the light blue and the dark blue, are basically the opposite of each other. Right. It's basically one subtracted <laughs> from the other. Or it's basically the orange. It's the light. The Yeah, okay. The dark blue bar is the gold bar with the blue bar subtracted. Basically. Yeah, okay. That's about as easily, easily explained as, as it gets. Yeah, right. So... Uh, Anyways, this we, says that we're and so this is this is from FlightAware. Are they doing this from somebody else's data, or are they analyzing the hits that they their collect in in their system? Apparently, it's, it's their own data. Yeah, and they believe that um, it, as of October 2019, we're up to 85 percent compliant aircrafts. Um, of those that it has observed. Yeah, and and right. like you know, yeah, how many exactly? So okay, one now, step at a time, baby steps. We're getting there. We're getting there. And I'm not sure what aircraft this includes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's sometimes we see data on airline compliance mm-hmm. separated from general aviation compliance, mm-hmm. and airline compliance tends to lag behind general aviation compliance. And the reasons for that are as complicated as the fact that airlines used to order custom built. Airplanes from Boeing and Airbus and McDonnell Douglas and Douglas and McDonnell just for them and Lockheed. So you could have four different L-1011s sitting on a ramp, and none of them would be equipped the same uh, because they'd flown for different carriers. Mm-hmm. Equipping all those different airplanes with a transponder, and this, these are aircraft that are going to fly above flight level 180, 18,000 feet, so they have to have the 1090 ES transponder solution, the uh, the cheap approach that we can use in GA below 18,000 feet is not an option for them. And they were lagging badly, and the FAA has been working with them to see that they can continue to operate in the system beyond when they were supposed to be able to operate in the system without it having complied yet until the solutions are technologically proven and available for widespread installation. Mm-hmm. But right after I, the day I, after I got back from NBAA last month, I uh, was getting ready to take the, the, uh, the, the hound out for, for a walk through Oak Park and heard a knock at the door. The inside door was open, and lo and behold, there's a Wichita police officer standing there. And he was stopping because a neighbor's two beagles had gotten loose yet again, and one of them was a sleeping was sleeping in in the middle of Eleventh Street. <laughs> it was a nice balmy day. Uh, and do I know who those dogs belong to? Yeah, I belong to that house over there. Oh, they're not yours. Nope, I got one. Once enough for me. Blah blah blah. <laughs> then he asked me about this peculiar front tag on both of my vehicles. And it's oh, blue, yeah. blue background with silver wings and a logo in the middle of it. Yeah. And come to find out, he's an active pilot. And he's instrument rated, private instrument rated. And he was asking me if I knew anybody local to give him certified ACRO instruction. He wanted to learn hmm. ACRO from a Part 141 operation, which is the kind of uh, school he went to to get his private instrument. Okay. And I don't know of any 141 operations around here that teach ACRO. Uh, hmm. We've got a bunch of flight safety, but 
upset recovery training and acro training are not the same. Mm. You know, one one is how to do it, the other is how not to do it. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. You know, that's about as simple as I can make it. But then he said, uh, "So, what do you hear about the uh, the the uh, delay in ADSB adoption?" I said, "Well, well here, there's not going to be anyone." He goes, "Oh no, I heard that they've delayed it till 2025 uh, or something." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and you and said, I, "No, that's not for us. That's for I them." Said, right. Well, uh, I just. Yesterday, left a big aviation convention in uh, in Las Vegas. He goes, oh, NBAA. I went, yeah. I said, if that had been the case there, that would have been all over the floor. Yeah. I mean, it would be conversation number one around there. And I hadn't heard anything like it. And matter of fact, I just updated this compliance chart, which I update on a running basis uh, every time. Flight Aware comes out with it. I said, and it didn't say anything about it. And they go, oh, yeah, he was pretty sure he was talking to somebody who flies out of Salina, who knows somebody from Topeka, who knows somebody from. No, ain't happened, ain't gonna happen. Yeah. That now, said, uh, yeah, go ahead. The uh, was Airlines for America, used to be the old ATA, now it's A4A. Yeah. Um, did a couple of years ago seek and receive. Right, uh, an right. exemption from the FAA for certain of its members mm-hmm. to operate their aircraft well past the January one d- deadline. Yeah, and that's what that's, I meant when I said that's right. not for us; that's right. for them. That's yeah. for them. Right. That's the t- what I was talking about. There's a w- waiver available <clears throat> to certain carriers. They have to apply. They have to specify the equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world, and it has to be renewed yeah. periodically. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah, no soup for the, for most of us. Yeah, I know. It's exactly. No yeah. soup. Yeah. Uh, another title. Oh, I like it. Uh, but, for, for, so, but for the rest of it, it's not only no, but hell no. We're having way too much fun. We're never going to get through this list. Here's what I want to talk about. Um, so speaking of ADSB, having now flown, um, actually piloted an aircraft that has ADSB in, all right, um, it, it was an interesting experience, all right? So I had uh, my iPad um, with ForeFlight running uh, paired to the... Um, you know, GPS ADSB gadgets in the airplane, right? And so I was seeing traffic on my iPad, right? And and it's kind of a two-edged sword, if you ask me. I, I need to kind of think about this a little more. And, in what ways? Um, so it was definitely good. I definitely saw things. I saw traffic that I never would have seen otherwise. Um, I saw traffic on my screen that I never, in fact, saw otherwise. Um, but... So it was good that I was able to see traffic that I wouldn't have seen. On the other hand, I prob- I spent more t- time than I think I'm happy with examining that screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just identify the uh, <laughs> the crux of the biscuit. Yeah. As I say. And and I'm I you know I was thinking about you know yeah, come on you know this is good glance at the screen every now and then get it in your scan all right but uh, you know get your head out of the airplane and. Uh, uh, so, you know, it's it I, it's a thing, right? It's a two-edged sword. And, well, uh, it, and it's new for you. Yeah, yeah that's, but that's, well, that's true also. That's, yeah. that's a very okay. good observation. It's new for, it, when, you, when you fly around with that uh, for a while, it stops being a point of fixation. And it's just like your first trip to a strip bar, the third time you go, you're not really as interested in oh, stuffing $1 bills anywhere. Thank you so much, David. <laughs> well... It's interesting, Amy. I was out with Amy uh, 
a few weeks ago. Um, and I was actually riding shotgun for her while she shot approaches. And we're on final to this airport that I, I literally don't remember which one it was. Um, and we're, I don't know. And, and now, we'd had been making calls on the frequency, you know, like 10 miles out, five miles out, and we made one about two miles out on final. And we were about halfway to the runway, so a mile from the, from the, from the threshold. When this guy comes on the frequency motor glider on final for the runway that we're approaching, and we're like, "What in the absolute heck is going on?" Mm-hmm. And we look, we you know, head on a swivel, looking around, no, didn't see a thing. Mm-hmm. Looked at our our ADSB, didn't see a thing on it. And Amy's like, "I'm going to go around," which was a smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, this guy was somehow behind us. Out of you know. Don't know where he came from. It's entirely possible that we flew over him um, if he was that low because we never we never saw him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he landed behind us, and um, I watched him as we went around the pattern. Um, he he landed, rolled out, taxied off, taxied into a bunch of hangars, and that was the last I saw of him. Mm-hmm. He was based there. Yeah, um, and he apparently never saw y'all. Well, apparently he heard us. Um, the last call we made, he heard us, but he never saw us apparently either. And I, he must have been like down in the weeds or something where we couldn't see him in with clutter or something. But I don't know Maybe. what that was all about. You know, come on, man. If if you're on final for a runway and somebody else calls in also on final for that runway, you start paying attention. Well, absolutely. And and if you're not already, if you're not already, and and I kind of wonder, you know, I mean, we both were paying attention because there were, you know, these were both or the airport we were heading into was was. I mean, we knew it. We knew it was familiar to us, but we hadn't. Neither one of us had flown in there recently, mm-hmm. and. You know, you don't know what to expect. So now we know better. Yeah, there's some there's some guy with a motor glider out there who's not not paying attention or not mashing the mic button. I don't know. Well, I had had a similar experience as what you, you and Amy uh, had several years ago, flying into uh, Benton Air Park, now Stearman Field, and I'm on final, uh, and I'm doing the uh, circle to land for the instrument approach there. Uh, it was just a currency trip, and I got a safety pilot over on the right. And the same thing as you. Now, I'm a, I'm a mile out, and it's easy to gauge that mile because you go right over US 252, or 254 that t- comes by Benton, the, the town. You, you hit that, and you're a mile from the runway. Yeah. And uh, here a guy says... He's on one mile final, and yeah, that's yeah, that's when it gets my attention too. Yeah, it's on one mile final, and he's not in front of me. And if he's behind me, I really don't care. But I needed to know where the hell he was, mm-hmm. so I re- rejected the landing, tucked the wheels up, and started to go around. When uh, the guy said, "Oh, sorry about that. I'm I'm two miles out," and on top of that, he was so low that I thought he was going to clip the wires coming yeah. across 254. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was dragging it in when he came across the runway threshold. 
uh, he'd been below 200 feet for the, for the last half a mile. And uh, that's a bad place, that's a particularly bad place to do that going into that airport from the north because there's a road just about 100 feet beyond the threshold where the arrival end. And there are big farm trucks go by on that road periodically. And it has occurred in the past mm-hmm. where somebody was dragging it in a little too slow to clear the truck that was a little too tall. And neither operator was happy about the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the airplane guy in particular, because it hurt him far more than it hurt the farm truck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he wound up nose down in the dirt. Uh I didn't see it happen. I wasn't flying there when it happened, but I've seen the photographs and no other places where that's transpired. And there's big signs on that road that say, caution, low-flying aircraft. And I think they should change it. High-flying drag racers. (laughs) (laughs) Tall trucks. All right. Well, we haven't even gotten out of the follow-up section of this list, and it's already reaching the end of our lot of times. Let's see. I'm going to kind of pick and choose here. So... uh, um, we mentioned earlier about this airliner that skid off the runway um, in Chicago at, at Midway, I believe. Um, O'Hare. Uh, was it O'Hare? Yeah. Okay. Um, that's why I didn't see it. I'm sk- we landed at Midway, and I'm craning, looking everywhere I possibly can out the window of the airliner. Going, Where's that airplane? I want to see it. I want to see it. Did you happen to be flying Southwest? Uh, I did. Well, yeah, right. Exactly. Midway. <laughs> uh Runway in Chicago, American Air. Oh, yeah, it doesn't say Midway here, does it? Anyway, so the interesting thing about this is that there's video. Yes. Um, is that uh, a passenger was shooting a cell phone, a smartphone video um, out the window, um, and, uh, and, and boy got his or her money's worth um, because uh, you actually see the suddenly, suddenly you're looking down the wing and you see you know kind of what you expect to see looking down the wing as you land and then all of a sudden it veers and suddenly the airplane's still going very fast but you can see down the runway and you go well this is not right uh, and uh, and then it goes off into the quote-unquote grass although it's covered with snow and uh, and then yeah, the camera kind of shutters and the frame it goes everything goes out of frame for a moment um, because I don't know whether a gear collapsed or, but the wingtip hit the ground um, and and dug into the grass here. According to reports, the right main gear collapsed. It did collapse, yeah. And uh, so was this so. guy on takeoff landing? No. He was landing. He was landing. It was a- the reason I ask is because if you if you uh, stop this right at uh, what are we looking at here time wise twelve seconds. Yeah, you, you can see the flashing. Runway in indicator lights, the reels. Let me open this. On, on the runway. If you run it up to 12 seconds and pause it, well, if you just let it run past it, there's the, uh, the reels flashing there. And I'm thinking, you don't usually see those on landing unless you're landing short of, <laughs> of landing on the uh, display threshold. Yeah, um, well, the tweet there's, there's clearly str- says there's strobes in the pavement, and that's that's yeah. not abnormal. The other thing that I, I'm, I can't, it's hard to tell with the visibility. Let me enlarge in this. Um, Just while you're doing that, um, the tweet clearly says um, uh, a flight. AA American Airlines forty one twenty five from 
Twitter handle fly from him fly from PTI, which is apparently what Piedmont Triad International um, to fly to O'Hare. So the the tweet indicates that it was from from Piedmont. Uh, no, it's, it's definitely an arrival. Yeah, yeah. To O'Hare. So it was arriving at O'Hare. But but more important, well, not from Greensboro. But, but it puts some meat on the bone. This was their second approach. They missed the first one. Oh, I didn't know. They that. went around. I was wondering about that because it's. It, it, visibility there sucked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, this was much earlier. I didn't arrive, so uh, let's see. The Twitter, the Twitter was posted at ten a.m. I don't know what time this instant accident thing. I don't well, know the, the right word, but the yeah. reels are off to the left and right of the runway shoulder. Yeah, yeah. these aren't um, it, lights buried in the right. uh, in the runway itself. But that's what made me think that he uh, he got it down, be, you know, it, it, before the touchdown zone. Right. Yeah, which may not at, have been as well prepped for landing as yeah. farther down Looking the runway. Looking at the um, 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 I got Twitter crashed on me. Thank you, Twitter. Um, looking at the video here, they still got spoilers extended, uh, and they're trying to take a high speed. And I can barely make out a uh, a taxiway sign. Looks like Papa Alpha, Papa Kilo. I can't tell. Papa Four. That's what it is. Um, so I, you know, let me while I'm, while we're doing this, I'll go find the airport chart. Right. For, right. So for, yeah. yeah, it was it was worse later earlier in the day. This is uh, sometime in the morning, and then uh, because I uh, my flight didn't arrive until uh, about one in the afternoon. Um, so and by then it was still overcast and lightly snowing, but it was it was you know. Um, clear uh, below the overcast um, anyways uh, what do you, you think you're going to find an NTSB about it Jeb what are you, what are you looking it's for too early. I think he's looking for the run it must be too early, too early yeah. for the Air, airport chart I'm looking for the terminal procedures give me about 30 seconds okay okay wow Wichita PD had to talk a person off of jumping off a heavily traveled bridge Picked a cold day to do it. Yeah, that and repatriating beagles—that's an interesting life those police officers <laughs> lead. Yeah. yeah, repatriating beagles. Well, it was interesting me—the the officer that showed up at my door—he was alone for about the first three minutes, and then just about the time that he got all the information that I could possibly give him, uh, and he asked me about uh, me being a pilot because of the tags on my two vehicles and at about that time his backup showed up he called backup for the beagle situation okay yeah cool. i think that's just just an automatic yeah i know okay yeah so i'm looking at the airport diagram for o'hare uh-huh. and if if what i'm reading on that or what i'm seeing on that uh, video is correct which is taxiway papa four papa four is um between runways two eight center and two eight right, um, and is about it doesn't have a published entrance from two eight center. So um, I'm guessing um, it had to have been a landing on twenty on two eight right. Papa four is about three-fifths of the way down that 13,000-foot runway. So according to this, if he was in or around Papa 4, he had 
three or four thousand feet left. Okay. And I don't know what those strobes were in the pavement. Um, now, the flip side of that is, if it was 10 left, obviously the opposite of 28 right, um, he was about two-fifths of the way down the runway uh, when they tried it. But that doesn't make any sense because it would have been a, a more than 90-degree turn at that high speed. Um, there's None of this really makes any sense because if he was in fact, landing on 2-8 right and um, was trying to make a left turn, that in and of itself is more than 90 degrees. So I'm not sure what's going on if, in fact, we were looking at Papa 4 uh, on that right. video. Yeah. So there okay. you go. All right. So but the video um, ends. I, I, I was wondering whether or not they emergency evac'd the airplane. Um, they did not evac it. Um, they uh, they did get buses out there apparently. I don't know if they let the slide. That's interesting to me. I, don't know I would if they think that the slides or not. I would think that going going de- you know losing a gear like that suggests all kinds of possible outcomes. I suppose they're low on fuel, so maybe that's not a, a less of a concern. But um, well, I don't know. Okay, being low on fuel, I'd rather be full of fuel actually, because the vapor. Yeah. Okay. The vapor is what's going to. In any event, fire. the fact that it, the fact that it went down like that hard would make me concerned about fire and 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 therefore you'd want to evac but but on the other hand it was wicked cold and there's that to trade off um so okay all right let's move on here yeah um so uh jumping again here i just want to call everybody's attention to this cool video um and i i'll I'll confess that this this woman helicopter pilot is not i wouldn't necessarily character as a friend she's a twitter friend um i I chat with her on twitter from time to time david this is the woman that you and i were chatting with recently about uh, making quiche yeah um and uh, she flies a a, a commercially flies an r44 out in uh out in uh, washington state and she posts a lot of videos about her adventures. And, uh, and this one is uh, uh, she was hired to fly a photographer over the airport where all the 737 Maxes are parked. Uh, and, and it's pretty interesting. There's a freaking lot of 737 Maxes. Um, I, on, in just, they're parked in like three groups, and on one group I counted 65. And then she said something like she thought there was over 100 total. Um, there's a lot of Maxes sitting out there on the pavement. And she said there's another airport where more of them are parked. So uh, that's, but... Uh, well, that's that's not that's not hard to believe because they they haven't stopped building them. Yeah, well, maybe they're bringing them there. Then, yeah, but uh, it's just it's, oh, they got them squirreled away all over the place. Yeah, you know, it was, sure it, you know, it would be my luck. Yeah, that mine would be at the very back. I know. Okay. I was noticing that they've got them very definitely packed in there. Where it's like, you know, yeah, okay, the valet is going to have to move an awful lot of airplanes to get yours out of there. Uh, yeah, they're they're nose to tail uh, packed in to these different dead end taxiways, and uh, it's it's a it's an interesting visual. I just wanted to call attention to it, um, and uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, and uh, um, you can look at this. Uh, the actual. 
the she the the video that she posted is from a, a sort of a nose camera that she mounts in her helicopter so you don't and and she's orienting the helicopter so that the pot so the photographer can shoot out the side door so you don't get as direct a view as you might um but um she also says that there's a link to the actual photographs that came out of it too so uh, um a lot of well, it, yeah when when the first 737 max accident happened Boeing was in the process of ramping production up to 51 737s a month a month now, not all of those were max 8s but a significant percentage of them were and they've not backed off production uh there are 737 fuselages continuing to roll out of Spirit Aero Systems on their special rail cars that take them up to Renton, Washington for final assembly. Because they build the entire fuselage here in one piece, complete right. with the cockpit avionics, before it leaves Wichita. And then they put them on these special flat cars, yep. usually five to seven per train, yep. and ship them up there. And you think about 51 a month, how many trains that takes a month to get them up there, well, they're a little backed up in shipping them out here because it's gotten tight on where they can park them up there. Right. But production goes on. Yep. Well, I mean, I guess that's okay. I mean, it shows, obviously, Boeing's confident, but then they want to be confident. And, uh, so. Well, and, it, and it's apparently uh, an element that contributed, that contributed to that decision to continue production unabated was a how long it takes to slow down production how long it takes to speed it up mm-hmm. uh that's one two uh that the biggest fixes expected on this weren't hardware they were software uh now there's some airplanes that are going to get a second sensor installed that was optional and not installed in either of the airplanes that crashed but the provision for that sensor is apparently already built into the aircraft fuselage when it leaves uh, uh, Spirit Aerosystems. So they can retrofit that relatively easily. So they're just continuing to to shove them out the door. And when they get the fix in and it's implemented on all these, you know, the, the software gets updated to implement this. It gets checked out, tested, signed off. Uh, then there's going to be some delivery pilots staying really busy for a few months. Yeah. Yeah. Really busy. I I have a question about all this, though. How Mm -hmm. much – it was the uh, uh, angle of attack indicator is is the sensor. And how much does one of those – you get one that comes with the airplane standard equipment, okay? Mm -hmm. How much do you have to pay to get the optional second one? I don't know. Okay. Where are you so, going I mean, are, with this? Yeah. Are we talking $10,000? A little bit more than that. I asked, this question, uh, I asked this question early on to an engineer that I see at one of the uh, microbrew watering holes uh-huh, I frequent. Uh-huh. And he said he couldn't give it to me to the penny, but it was in the neighborhood of 50000 to $55,000. And when you think about that cost against the whole cost of a 737. Right. Uh, it's down on the noise level. It, yeah, it's 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 like chump change. How chintzy do you have to be as an airline to only get one AOA indicator? 
Since I'm going to paraphrase a, an insurance adjuster that I worked with once upon a time. He goes, son, haven't you figured out by now that airlines are cheap bastards? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Unless you guys got anything on that list that you don't want to skip, I'm going to flip over all the cards here and uh, move on. Look real quickly. Tell me if there's anything can't wait. Uh, What are we moving uh, on to? uh, Shout-outs. We're going to go to shout-outs next. Unless you see something there that you don't want to skip today. No? Shout-outs? Shout-outs. What do we got here? I don't think I have anything on this list, so I'm not... Uh, yeah, yeah you, you don't, but I you might might have come up... Oh, you had a shout-out. What was your shout-out? You I, said, I used it. The, I know. The, remind me what it was. It was like Arcadia. days ago when we started this podcast. Arcadia. Uh, oh, yeah. T- Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, well, now, it's also Trash Day at Hidden River. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, that's perfect so don't timing. So don't get the two confused. I, which is not to, not to be confused <laughs> with Taco Tuesday. Okay. okay. Yeah. But right. my, my point is not only did we have tacos in the mix, but we also had, you know, the, the, the obstacle course to deal with today. Yeah. So, obstacle course? The obstacle course to get to the runway. Trash dumpsters. Oh, trash. Oh, trash yeah, yeah, cans. Yeah, oh, yeah, trash day. Trash day. Yeah, I've, I've been there, on, I've, I've been yeah, I'm there gonna... one day when you taxied out. And you literally zig and zag yeah. to avoid the trash by the side of the road. Yeah. 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 I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's okay. the only time that I think a high wing makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Uh, David, go ahead, Jack. Yeah. You got one. Yeah, I'll go first, David. Um, so a couple episodes ago, or last episode, or sometime recently, um, we talked about a play, an incident, inc- an incident, a, a situation where um, a replacement pilot appeared for a flight. Um, so the the actual pilot was delayed, and it turned out that one of the passengers on the airplane was a uh, was a was a, a p- captain for that airline, and so he he jumped in. Um, uh, in response to that, um, listener Rob uh, from Christchurch, New Zealand. Uh, uh, checked in, and uh, I. Uh, and he tells us a story, and I'm not going to relate the story here. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes, and you can read it if you like. But he relates a story about a uh, a charismatic pilot from, a, you know, a, some sort of charter tour pilot from New Zealand um, who used to. Uh, because uh, we were joking about, you know, how did we really know this guy was really a captain for this airline, all right? And uh, and he tells a story about uh, New Zealand aviator Fred Ladd and some of the uh, shenanigans he would he would get into when he was flying people in small planes. Um, it's a fun story. I'll leave it to you folks to read it if you care to. It'll be uh, linked to in the it show is, notes. It is a cute story. Um, but I do want to thank I wanted, my shout out is just to listen to Rob thank you yes, listener Rob yes. for uh, checking in and thanks for being a listener from New Zealand I lo- I, I've never been to New Zealand it's on my bucket list um, one of these days the I time do. delay alone has got to be you know amazing oh uh, yeah I know well and, and plus, the title of Fred Ladd's biography alone is worth looking uh-huh, it up uh-huh. a shower of spray and we're away <laughs> we're away so anyways uh, thank you to, to uh, Rob from New Zealand I, uh, I appreciate the note and uh, thanks for listening appreciate it David, what do you got? Well, uh, those of you that have been around aviation for a while have probably heard the name Flying Magazine. And you know, Flying Magazine has gone through some uh, uh, changes like all publications have in the last 20 years. But a uh, longtime uh, editor and longtime friend of, uh, of me and, and, uh, and my late wife, uh, Tom Benenson, and Tom was one of the more entertaining writers on that magazine over the years. He's now retired, living happily in Mexico with his lovely wife, Judith. And he's turned into an author. 
and he's uh, published his third book. It's on Amazon. Uh, and damn, I didn't put the uh, name of the book in there. Uh, the name of the book is No Turning Back by Tom Benenson. You can get it for Kindle. You can get it in paperback. Uh, it's on Amazon. Uh, he has a couple other books there. But uh, Tom's a very entertaining writer. Uh, and I say that specifically because that's not always that common in aviation journalism for color entertainment to factor into our copy because sometimes we work for editors who think that people only read us because they have to and that it's okay to bore them dumb. Tom was not one of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very good writer. uh, Very, very very sharp guy. Good sense of humor. Uh, And uh, used to fly really pretty uh, uh, Cessna. Oh, what was the? Cardinal. Had a really nice cardinal. Mm. Saw it a couple of times. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you did. And uh, so, if you're a fan of Western fiction, uh, encourage you to look up Tom's book on uh, on Amazon. And be beware, there's more than one book on there called No Turning Back, as I discovered. But there's only one by Tom Benenson, and we'll have the link in the show notes. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Sounds interesting. Uh, Jeb, you still got nothing? Uh, just to uh, re-up my uh, 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 mention of uh, Taco Tuesdays at Arcadia, X-Ray Zero Arcadia. Six. There we, go. there we go. Cheap gas. Come, y'all come. Thank you, guys. It's always fun to talk with you. At, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's fun. I'm sorry. This is a weird afternoon. So we usually record this podcast in the morning, all right? And I am used to the idea that it might be a little dark when I start recording, but it will get lighter as we record. Today we're recording in the afternoon, and it was daylight when we started, and I forgot to turn on any lights. So I'm sitting here in my home office, all right, with computer screens being very lit, all right, but the rest of the room is completely dark, and it's kind of disorienting me here. Um, But uh, uh, I do want to say thank you guys for uh, sitting with me here this afternoon and and chatting. Uh, Let's see now. That's Captain Jeb. Jeb Burnside. Uh, Jeb is a freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. You been working on anything fun, Jeb? No. Uh, Well, fun. uh, Nothing Um, aviation-related. Trying to unlimber some motorcycles and, uh, um, you know, kind of get ready for the winter down here. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, well, when you are working, where can people hear about all that stuff on the internet? Ah, when I do actually work? Wow. that's uh, you know. uh, Well, you can start with uh, AviationSafetyMagazine.com, uh, kind of sort of the day job. Uh, and uh, you can also look at AEA.net uh, for some uh, some writing stuff I do. AIN Online for some other projects, uh, GeneralAviationNews.com, as well as AvWeb.com. Cool. Cool. And did you say Twitter? I, I did not say Twitter. Burnside J on the Twitter machine. And the magazine is? Aviation Safety. Avi- Aviation Safety. Say it again. I'm sorry. Aviation Safety Magazine. You know all this. Yeah, I know. But we uh, we got to get it out there for the new folks. You know, there's new folks every week, every episode. Okay. And Dave Higdon. Dave's an aviation photographer and aviation journalist and the U.S. editor for London's App Buyer magazine. David, what are you working on? I know you are going to have plenty of things to talk about. You always do. Well, uh, this month's not to not to pick on these folks unduly, but I like picking on them because they're good to me. But uh, this month's uh, 
Avionics News Magazine. I I have a couple of three stories, and uh, the one that might be of interest to you right now is uh, a uh, installation hurdles, clearing installation hurdles for ADSB, or one on blending vision systems. Uh, the best of three views was my subhead on that, and that takes a look at synthetic vision, enhanced vision, and the combination of those two in the single systems that put everything on one screen and overlay the synthetic with the uh, enhanced. Uh, pretty high tech, but it's going to be trickling down to uh, to Comanche and Bonanza levels here in the next year or so. So stay tuned. Cool. And where can people find out about all this stuff on the internet? Well, AEA.net for my work with Avionics News Magazine. There'll be a cover on the uh, on the uh, home page, you click on that cover, and it'll take you to the uh, magazine, and then you can go to the contents page and uh, you know read. Well, I think there's even some Jeb stuff in this one, isn't it? <laughs> the yeah. the maybe the current one the is the uh... no not not the November one. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, in uh, Avbuyer Magazine, that's avbuyer.com, where I uh, write about business aviation and uh, and uh, stuff that tends to operate on kerosene instead of avgas. And, and uh, there's this podcast, or you can uh, do a Google search and for Dave Higdon and aviation and pick and choose what you want to read, ignore, or throw darts at. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, and uh, did I ask you for your links? I did. No? Where are you on the internet, David? That was hey, it. Yeah, I, I did that. You just did that. I was elsewhere. Um, the, uh, the, I think Welcome the, back. The, the voice over IP connection is weird this afternoon, uh, and uh, I'm not sure whether I'm missing things or not. But uh, but uh, I don't care whether you guys can hear me or not, because I'm going to say to the recording, I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, <laughs> and a digital media producer. Um, I uh, just got back, as I think I mentioned, from Phoenix, Arizona. That was kind of fun. And uh, I'm home for a couple of days, and then I turn around, and I'm going to my trip, my turn in the, in the bucket um, at uh, Las Vegas. So uh, I head there on, on uh, Thursday. So that'll that'll be a lot of fun. Um, Got to come back and 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 do some flying. I I haven't flown since since the beginning of this month. I got to get my November flying um, in. So that, that'll be coming up. But uh, uh, you can find out more about me. You can uh, uh, find my. Uh, <laughs> we we are, we you know we are all three just disjointed as hell today. It's amazing. Uh, I'm yeah. telling you, man. It's late in the day. And we haven't had our drinks yet. Uh, you can find me online. In Speak most for yourself. You can find me online in most of the uh, usual places with the username Jack Hodgson. My first name and last name bumped together. For example, YouTube Jack Hodgson, Twitter Jack Hodgson, and Patreon Jack Hodgson. On Amazon, uh, find my ebooks by searching for Around the Field in the books section, and you can sign up for my email newsletter at jackhodgson.com. Uh, check out everything about the uh, podcast itself at uncontrolledairspace.com, and on Twitter, we are Class G Airspace. That's Class, the letter G, Airspace uh, on Twitter. David, was there something you were going to tell us? Yeah, if you other pilots out there want to grow up to be as disjointed as we've been today, hang in there, go fly, because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. I'm living proof. Bye. Uh, and that's enough talking. Let's go flying. <laughs> Take us out of here. I thought we were done. <laughs> All right, I'm sitting here in the dark. Uh,